Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. You are listening to what the actual fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast. Now, first, let me introduce the man. Last week, I did a nice, abrupt, succinct uh, intro to the man, to the one and only, to the king of rock and roll, to the prince of pop, to the man who, and I don't know how else to say this, and Stop me in my tracks if you've heard this before. He's the one. He's the only. And you can shoot me down in flames if you don't believe this. If you, I mean, you know, I'm just going by how I, I've known him for years. To me, he's the one and only. I'm getting a bit choked up saying it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome to the podcast the man who, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. I mean, I'm not going to band him about with my words. I'm just going to come out and say it. He is the man. Just, he's, I mean, you know, there are legends and there are people that are just the next level above legend. And this man is above the 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 title of legend. Is there a word better than legend? I don't know. But if there was, it would be this man. Ladies and gentlemen, would you like to welcome to the podcast somebody that is like he, I mean, you know, people just doff their caps at him whenever they see him. You think Lawrence Llewellyn is so humble? This man, you look at humble in the dictionary, you see a picture of this man. Ladies and gentlemen, Without further ado, please let me introduce the one and only. There is no one up. They broke the mold. They broke the mold with this man. This man, you know, if I had room on my body for another tattoo, it would be a full size, life size tattoo of this man. 
I would have over my own body, head to foot. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> the one and only. Words cannot describe how I feel for this man. This is the one and only legend in his own lifetime. Please welcome Neil. All right. Okay, so let's go. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what that felt like. It's like winning an award and I'm stuck in the bog and you're having to, <laughs> to cover while I'm desperately trying to get out. Well, I thought I would compensate after last week's such really short nomin- uh, nomination. So you got me with awards. Um, really short uh, introduction to give you the longest nomination. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> stuck nominations uh, are what you need that's all it is now in it yeah it, that reminds me a little bit can you remember i can't remember what live aid style gig it was at wembley and ricky gervais came out and i think was he introducing david bowie maybe or it might have been elton john oh, and, he, yeah. and, he, and he had to fill so he ended up doing the david brent dance that's and then right. also singing like the David Bowie, little fat man who sold his soul to like a, a jam packed hundred thousand people at Wembley. It was so embarrassing. It was. I think it, he, had to, he was, he was, he was filling time for Elton John. I think it was Elton John. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I, was they it should, Live they 8? Should, they should, it might've been Live 8 or something like that. Yeah. They should have got me on there. So to, to filibuster for half an hour. Like I just filibuster. did. Filibuster. Ah, filibuster. Anyway, anyway, yes. we're not here to completely lord you up all the time. We are here as we have finally got to the end of our recaps. Well, it's only taken a year. <laughs> it's only taken a year. Series three, episode six, Harvest, the, in quotes, last ever episode of this country until BBC, yeah, until BBC back up a truck full of money, mm. um, which, you know, knowing the BBC, they may not ever do that. But I think, I think there's going to be more sometime. I think there will be eventually. Not yeah, in the foreseeable future, but sometime. Yeah. So we are going to um, recap Harvest, broadcast on the 23rd of March, 2020. And I think when that's it... pretty much back just as the world was going to shit, that, I think. That was lockdown day, 23rd of March. Was it? I'm sure it was. Yeah, that was the, yeah, 23rd of March was the first lockdown day. Boom, that's when it all started. Oh my god! And not yeah. just so, so. Lockdown started, and this country finished. Yeah, you see, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, is everybody ready? Are you ready, Neil? Ready and comfortable, pal. Right. And comfortable. So here we go. We start with the usual country scenes. Yeah. Uh, for the last time, and then we join Curtin, Kerry, and Vicar in a field. And a sign stating that there's 18 beautifully designed affordable homes, one and two bed flats will be built on the land. Curtin then states, This is it, and tells us about the one and two bedroom flats that will be built. He has applied for one. Kerry tells us that Curtin actually protested against all the new builds, but now that Curtin is close to being accepted, he's sort of all for it now, really. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm assuming That's... is that is is that North Leach of you? Yeah, that's the, the that's literally if you 
drove through North Leach if you want to find that field. I don't know whether they're building on it now yet. Um, it's, you go through the town, marketplace on your right where everything happens. Keep going on the way out. There's a brand new estate and it's the field right next to the last brand new estate. Uh, so that is so it is a field that they're actually building new, yeah, yeah, yeah. new stuff. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the vicar states how it's a new era for Curtin, and Curtin says that he'll be able to have friends round and ask the vicar he would if he would come over. Of course, they aren't aware of the bombshell the vicar told us last week, in sort of like the 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 cliffhanger of last week that he is leaving for Bristol soon. Mm. Uh, Kerry very sort of cutely puts her hand up and says that she'll be would like to come over to the flat. Curtin jokingly says, yeah, as long as you wear one of those plastic bibs. And Kerry says, yeah, that can be arranged. And she <laughs> shakes her hand on the deal like it was an actual deal, like she was negotiating. It made uh, me laugh, that. It makes me laugh every time because she's got a real satisfactory, you know, grin. She had no idea that Curtin was basically just taking the piss. But even then, Curtin then takes the deal. Yeah, and 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 quite readily shakes a hand, just sort of going right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll take that as a deal. Yeah, so, Tommy Tippy. Yeah, so even though it was a joke uh, by Curtin, he takes the deal that Kerry um, that Kerry offers because uh, he knows what she's like. Probably he knows what she's going to be like um, <laughs> with his brand new uh, home car- carpet yeah. and curtains. Now, you see, I can always imagine he will be a very good homeowner. He's proved it, hasn't he? And he'll be very, I imagine he'd be immaculately tidy. Because whenever we see his bedroom, it's tidy. Yeah, we don't, but to be fair, we don't see much. No, but he just comes across. I mean, when he's like the homemaker, when Kerry's got the job in the way back in the very first episode of uh, series three, you know, you can tell he's got that touch, hasn't he? He's a tidy person. Domesticated, you think? Domesticated. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you very much. Okay, now we're at the vicar's office, and we find out that the vicar hasn't told Kerry and Curtin that he is leaving yet. The time is not right, he says. Too much going on. Or do you think um, he's just fobbing it off? I think he's just fobbing it off. Yeah. I, I think he, in deep inside, he knows that they're not going to take it particularly well. Um, he has played his last cricket match for the village, and we see some footage of the vic- vicar getting out. And uh, here it is. Sorry, chaps. Did you see that? It was a demon ball. It, it really moved off the seam. It moved a hell of a lot. Bloody useless. <laughs> Bloody useless. Ever played cricket? Uh, only at school. It never. Re- I I found it boring. I'm going to be honest. Really? Unless you're in for bat, uh, that was it. I was in always, for bat. <laughs> you know, if you were in batting, it was your turn to be a batsman. That was the most exciting part. The rest of it was a time to sit at the edge of the field and just watch. I used to love a good game of cricket. I must admit. Mm. I used to love a good game. I must. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you actually? Um, were you a member of a, a club? I wasn't. I played. I think I played one or two games for a local club. Um, and I can remember, I can remember going into bat and I played one shot and I heard somebody in the field go, Oh, looks like he knows what he's doing. 
and then next ball like, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went to go and smack it, smack the shit out of it, and completely missed the ball and and you know got stumped or yeah. or something. But I used to I used to enjoy a good game of cricket. I must admit, I, I preferred rounders. <laughs> I, yeah, I can imagine you did. I can imagine you did. Uh, so we find out that all preparations for the move to Bristol is full on. Polly is packing up the house, and the harvest festival is in full flow too. So. Polly obviously is around. I was really surprised that we never got to see Polly. Yeah. Really surprised. I always picture her as younger than him, you know. Um Yeah, I no, I don't know. See, no, I I I have two two visions in my head of either some like old like farmhouse type um figure eight of a woman do you know mm. what i mean like a, a you know she does nothing but bake all day and we know that she does like making a jam or this very sort of sort of thin plain woman why couldn't she be an absolute stunner i'm not saying she couldn't i mean she Completely may well be against type you see it's just my head of, of you know she's always wearing a pinny yeah all oh, right okay i've i've got it in my head that she is a stunner and yeah, I don't know why. A homemaker probably spends more money than he earns. A homemaker heartbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be interesting to, uh, yeah, it's interesting to think what she's like. Oh, we've all got different opinions of what she would be like. Yeah, it'd be interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a thing for the uh, top for the trumps. return. Or, or a thing for the top trumps, indeed. Although what picture we'd use for her, I don't know. Yeah, just a vicar's wife generic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Kerry is right in the middle of sorting all the harvest contributions in the village hall and comes out with this blockbuster. We got a hives! <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like me in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, Ke- when you're in like Aldi or Lidl where they don't stop those sort of ranges. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's me shouting, look what I found. Yeah. So Kerry is excited about the forthcoming Harvest Festival. She says the vicar has asked her to help out as the other volunteers are a bunch of emotional vampires. Mm. I didn't think I didn't think vampires could be emotional. Dunno, I've never met one yet. No? Okay. No, not yet. She continues to serenade serenade everyone in the village with the Heinz greatest hits, even getting June and Colin involved. June. Girls marching in. Oh, when the Heinz. Oh, come on, June. When the Heinz goes marching in. Take away, June. Wanna be in that number? Yes. When the Heinz goes marching in. And this is why I do Harvest Festival. There you go. So <laughs> she, she genuinely seems like she's in her element, like she's yeah. really enjoying it. Which is a nice thing. It's a good thing for Kerry, especially because, uh, to be fair, whenever she does something, she doesn't have to commit herself to that, doesn't she? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She she's full on. She might not always get it right, but she's she's always very committed to it. I I completely agree, and and I think that's the maybe one of the things that things like the vicar likes to do is to keep her busy. Mm. That's why he gets her involved in so many things, because then if she's doing that, she's not 
walking or, or riding a bike around Mrs. Yeah. Wick's shop or you know, or the post office or whatever and causing yeah. hassle. Smashing uh, tiles. Indeed, indeed. Uh, she continues to serenade everyone in the village. Oh, I just done that one, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. I lost my place. Uh, apologies. Uh, Kerry tells us that Arthur is Lord of the Harvest, a village tradition. His job is to organise all the donations, and Arthur has been Lord of the Harvest since 1972. Oh, that's a good year. But hasn't given a fuck since 2003. Oh. So Kerry asks Arthur a harvest-related question, which Arthur doesn't know the answer to. Kerry tells Arthur he should know, as he is Lord of the Harvest. Kerry tells us that Arthur doesn't give a <laughs> doesn't give a slut. <laughs> oh, doesn't give a shit. Sorry, I couldn't read my a own. <laughs> couldn't read my own. I never put a dot on the eye. That looked like anyway. Arthur doesn't give a shit, but as. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. As soon as the Gazette turns up, he's in the front of the photo with a giant marrow grinning like Bob fucking Geldof. I know. Great line. Now Great we're back line. at Kerry's house, and Kerry has a visitor. It's the smiling vicar. Curtin is there too. So in Vicar's eyes, that's perfect. He's got them both together. So he can, you know, broach the subject, maybe. Yes. But first things first, Curtin has a question for the vicar. Kitchen colour, teal tension or mellow sage? Oh, wow. And which would you go? Mellow sage. It's calming. Okay. Well, that's exactly exactly what the vicar says. He goes for mellow sage as it's a calm colour. It is, you see. Okay. Curtin agrees with the vicar. Uh, Sue shouts down to find out who it is and Kerry says it's the vicar Sue wants Kerry to make him a cup of tea after a bit of to and fro in Kerry finally gets the message across that the vicar doesn't want one but sighs and looks thoroughly defeated the look yeah. on Kerry's face is sort of like I fuck my life I hate this is this the first time apart from Kerry and Curtin that somebody's spoken to Sue um yeah I think so yeah I mean, obviously, apart from like the video from yeah. two from two thousand, where she's serious. This is the first time, isn't it? I think but... I think you're right because mm. it's the last time we hear her as well. Bless it is goes out on a bit of a comedy gold. It does. The vicar suggests they move to the living room as he just wants a quick chat. So the vicar lays out his plans to Kerry and Curtin that he is moving parish to Bristol. Da, da, da. I know. Kerry and Curtin are gobsmacked, especially when uh, the Archbishop is mentioned. Curtin says he's never even heard of the Archbishop until this very moment. He asked the vicar if the Archbishop asked him to kick a dog in the face, would he? And the vicar <laughs> says no, but if he asked him to move parish, he would say yes. But here is Kerry's view. You're like a Sims character to the Archbishop. He can pick you up and plonk you down wherever he likes you. You yeah. just go along with it. There you go. Is that how it works, genuinely? Um, well, let me think. If I can remember back in my time when I was in the clergy... I was going to say, when you were a man of the cloth... When I was a man touching cloth, I... Um, uh, yeah, I was like a Sims character, basically. <laughs> my son... Uh... No, I just genuinely, I have no idea how, how the clergy and... Well, I don't know. I mean, does it work like job interviews? I mean, do you, do they have like a, I suppose, like a website now with parishes that are available and you can mm. move one if you like? We should or... have asked the Reverend Coles, shouldn't we? We should have done. We should have done. Or is it that 
you know, is it more, it depends on if, you know, the, the, the archbishop says, yeah, that person would be better for it. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I mean, or I must, I must, I, I don't know. I'm going to pretend to know. Google no. it. No, Google it, listeners. Well, not not right now, but I'll Google it afterwards. Yeah. So Curtin asks what's going to happen to him and Kerry. The vicar says they are both mature and will be fine. They disagree. Curtin says they are not mature, especially Kerry. Uh, also, what about Len? Is the vicar going to just leave Len to shrivel up and die? The vicar says Len will be fined. Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Len will be fined. <laughs> no, yeah. the vicar says Len will be fine. And Kerry says he may be fine in the body. Sorry, Curtin says he may be fine in the body, but not in the head. What about Len? Just leave Len to shrivel up and die? Len will be fine. No, he might be fine in the body, he's not in the head. He's one of these people that when somebody he loves leaves, they, they die. die. oh dear Uh, the vicar explains there will be a handover to a new vicar both Kerry and Curtin state they don't want a new vicar Curtin has the idea that the vicar can have his new parish in Bristol and commute from the village the vicar says there's no room to negotiate and commuting just wouldn't be practical Kerry looks dumbfounded so I mean this is this is a major bombshell in their lives isn't it they they, as we've said before, they like village life. They like pretty much things being how they are. Yeah, things um, must run the way they know it, and it just proves that once something big, or it might not be big in the grand scheme of things to other people, but in a small parish, it is. It hits them for six, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's gonna, be, and also it's when it's their best friend mm. as well, um, and mentor, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's always encouraging them. He's, he's the only one who will help, you know, Curtin fill out forms and, you know, even right back from his G, uh, G whatever it is, GVNQ, QVC. GNGQ. You know, the vicar was there. He's the man that does it all for them. Indeed. Curtin stands up and says that the news is not surprising and he's been expecting this for a while and that the vicar's ability to just drop everything like it never mattered or existed is baffling. And he starts pointing at him with his middle finger like he likes to do. Mm. Uh, and that he's good at it, and they walks into it. Harsh words, I put. Because he is really attacking him now. Yeah. Curtin has to go at the camera crew as well as they leave, leaving the vicar sitting sadly on the sofa. Uh, the vicar hopes that over time, Kerry and Curtin can process the news and understand the decision he's made. I would rather kill him than let another parish have him. I wholeheartedly agree with that. If we can't have him, then I don't want anyone to have him. I don't even want his family to have him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was quite a, quite a, um, a sudden cut from him yeah. saying, well, I hope they, you know, I hope that they uh, understand what's going on, you know, that I'm sure they'll get over it. Cut to... I would rather kill him than let another parish have him. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was quite a nice little uh, comedy Very cut much. there. Comedy cut. Uh, Curtin is offloading with both barrels, and there'll be no hugs or kisses or fare thee wells, especially when he prepares to piss. Uh, well, when the vicar is prepared to piss everything up on the wall uh, like a piss artist. The gesture that Curtin makes when he says "piss on the wall" like a piss artist. If you get, you can only just sort of see it in the frame. 
It's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Um, he says the vicar doesn't even know what Bristol is like. All lollipops and candy lanes. It's not. It's smackheads and knife crime. Now, that raised a question for me. Because when he's talking to Jacob, yeah, and he's and Jacob's talking about Bristol, he's going, "Oh, you know, what, what's the real world like?" As if he has no idea what Bristol's like. Mm. And now all of a sudden, he's a bit of an expert on Bristol about smackheads and knife crime. But do you think that's just a generalization of what he's heard? A bit like what he's trying to find from Jacob what it's really like in Bristol. Jacob really doesn't tell him a lot, and he just thinks his big city is it's just smackheads. And knife crime and pimps and all of that sort of stuff. Where you know, in reality, if he was to visit there, you'd find that that isn't the truth. So, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you've been to a big city once, haven't you? <laughs> once, I once, yeah, I went to Cheltenham. <laughs> but no, that's where I think that comes from. I don't. I think you know, it can still stand in with Jacob. Uh, um, that he's going to quiz him. Of course he is, because he's never been to a big city. Okay. That's, what right. I, that's how I felt that. Because I had literally, I thought about that the first time I watched it. Yeah. So I, it's gone over it, and I've made the note there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> ah. Okay, so we see a... Now, this, I can remember being really, like, freaked out with this bit when I first saw it. We see a combine cutting down some corn, or whatever it is, and I put on the air then, fuck me, two deer jump out as the combine is going along. Can you remember that bit? No. It's one of the insert bits. One of the, one of the inserts oh, right. just showing. And it's a com- as, as the combine is cutting down the, the, what is it? Is it corn or? Corn, yeah, or maize or whatever, yeah. Two deer like, jump out of the long corn just as the combine is going towards it. Oh, I've never noticed that. You've never noticed that? It no, freaked... and I've watched it twice recently. Yeah, it freaked me the fuck out. Ah. And it made me think how many animals do get chomped up in Kebabs. combine harvesters. Uh, to be fair, a lot of them do run once they start going. I mean, unless it was... I mean, maybe it was CG. Maybe they CG'd the... No, the that'll the... probably be real. Probably be real stock footage. It's crazy. No. Absolutely oh, crazy. Oh dear. Anyway, back at the village hall, Kerry drops off some pasta swirls and uh, informs the vicar that she is handing in a resignation for the harvest due to recent toxic friends emerging from the shadows. Oh, hang on. Vic is sad to hear this, but wants to have a quick chat with Kerry about something. Now, Vic informs uh, Kerry that there was an incident with Arthur that he won't go into. Of course, this tickles Kerry's interest. We find out that Arthur made an odious comment to June. Well, okay, he, he said crows belong in a field, not in the Cotswold Village Hall. And she was very, very upset. That's actually quite witty for Arthur. <laughs> so there you go so um what's your thoughts on that uh, do you know my thoughts are i can't take my eyes off of Kerry's face she loves that bit of divulgement of you know a bit of gossip doesn't she her face is just a picture an absolute picture um but yeah you can't say things like that can you that crows belong in a field because of this arthur is now removed as lord of the harvest now 
this is my question. Is the vicar being an evil mastermind again? Now, I've said on some of these recaps that I think the vicar isn't always whiter than white. I think he does do things to get big pats on the back, like sorting Len out mm. and parading Len around, like Curtin said. It's all, you know, for his own self-esteem. This is That was his own My Fair Lady, wasn't it? But is this him using the Lord of the Harvest as a way of getting Kerry back on side. Yeah, of course it is. But I think, he, well, he, he, later on we'll find he does it to Curtin as well. He's trying to make it up to them. He, I think it's guilt more than manipulative. You think? Mm, I think definitely guilt. He doesn't really, he's, he's scared about leaving them. You don't think it's a, like a divide and conquer kind of... No, I don't think so. Not when you see the emotion at the end. I think but you, he, he must know the trouble that it's going to cause when Ke- when Curtin finds out that Kerry is now Lord of the Harvest and sort of Kerry is in the vicar's pocket kind of thing. But that's why he buys um, Curtin, and it is quite an expensive moving in gift, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. You know, okay. same sort of principle, I think. I think he's just trying to get on their side the best way possible. Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay. She tells the vicar that she is appalled that her becoming Lord of the Harvest hasn't happened sooner and not appalled enough for her to not take the title, but appalled all the same. So I just put in here vicar, vicar equals evil genius. I think, I think that's that evil genius side of him. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just you know, a little after bit because wouldn't you think? I'd say, wouldn't you think it'd be June? Possibly, possibly. But then he shows his colours to June, doesn't he? As well. Um, I don't know. I just, I just. Every time I watch this episode and I get to the end, I always worry <laughs> in my uh, make-believe head for the vicar. I think he's made the biggest mistake that he's ever going to make. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could be you could be right there. Mm. Uh anyway, Curtin is sat on a pallet of bricks. I think it's a pallet of bricks. Yeah, it is. Bradstone yeah. made Bradstone. There you go. In the fi- what, in your house? Well, just outside. <laughs> just outside of your house. Okay. Yeah, different type of bricks are made in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's in the field where his flat will be built. In deep thought, Kerry joins him. Uh did you see the bold snake? Um is how Curtin talks about the vicar to Kerry. Kerry is still ranting. Sorry. Kerry is still ranting on the vicar. <laughs> Do you know what they say about him at the, the cricket club? Uh, what? They say he only runs the vicar, gets us in his cricket whites. Right, that was Curtin good, good uh, ra- railing on the vicar. Very good line. Very good, good line. line. Um, right. They'll skin him alive in Bristol. Curtin has washed his hands of him. That's what he basically says. Mm. Kerry says, yeah, I wish I could do that. And Curtin says, well, what do you mean by that? Kerry tells Curtin that the vicar has made her Lord of the Harvest (gasps) and their paths will now cross. Curtin returns with the puppet master strikes again. And I kind of believe him on that. I sort of, really? like, as, as I said, yeah, I just get that, far, you know, as much as the vicar is a lovely, lovely person, I think he's used that a little bit. I just think he's used that a little bit. I do. Uh, Curtin starts having a go at Kerry for agreeing to be Lord of the Harvest, and the vicar will be fobbing her off as she is thick as compacted pig shit. 
know. Kerry demands that she gets so <laughs> the only time that he's insulted her where she's properly got pissed, isn't she? And that's because well, she demands respect because she is now Lord of the Harvest. Yeah, true. so she is expecting that there is some kind of of level of respect that goes with that title. Um, Curtin trudges off hurt and dejected, and then Curtin's in his bedroom giving us his honest opinion on the vicar as a master manipulator. He's like Jigsaw in the Saw films. You know, he wants you to think he's got a good moral compass, but in reality, he's just a sick fuck who gets off on watching you scoop your own eyeballs out to get a key to unlock your chains. There you go. <laughs> it's quite a harsh analogy, isn't it? <laughs> it is a harsh analogy, but, you know, he's genuinely hurt, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, you see that later on, don't you? Yeah. As well. we'll yeah. You know, we'll catch up with that bit, but, yeah, you definitely do. So the vicar meets up with uh, Nick, who is the vicar from one of the neighbouring parishes from the one he's going to be taking in Bristol. Nick wants to make sure that they are on the same page regarding the work that needs to be done in Bristol. Does Nick, uh, to you, come across as a bit of a prick? Yeah, he comes... Well, yeah. I I put on here, um, I'm assuming he is just a vicar like Reverend Seaton, but it feels he is superior to our vicar. Mm. And I think it's that big city thing. I think yeah. he feels that that the work that he does is is more valuable than the work that Reverend Seaton does. But I think mm. it's all you've got to look at it from where you're living. Exactly. It's like you. It's like you said. If Reverend Seaton gets taken out of the village, it leaves a massive hole mm. in the village because he is the moral compass and the 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 anchor. To a sort lot of, of like people, chieftain, isn't he? Yeah, right? of yeah. of that village. Whereas, so this guy's coming in, probably, you know, very snooty because he comes from the big city and sees like a tiny village, which you know is nothing. Mm. And I think it doesn't help when the vicar starts going on about, you know, the things that they do, uh, stomp rocket project and all of that kind of stuff. But then that's rural, isn't it? It's, exactly. You know, you know, he's not going to be having those sort of, you know, knife crime debates and that around there, really. No. Uh, anyway, Nick asks the vicar what it is that he does in the parish, and the vicar tells him about the initiatives that he has implemented, like the weekly river walk and the Fly Me to the Moon Kids Stomp Rocket Project. <laughs> he looks uncomfortable as he apologises for waffling on. He then asks Nick what happens in Bristol. What works in Bristol? Uh, well, the initiative that's probably been the most successful was the uh, needle exchange. Oh, right. Well, we do a similar thing here, actually. It's very popular. Really? Yes, more with the older women. Um, I, th- I didn't know you had so many needle felters in Bristol. <laughs> Just realised we're not talking about the same type of needles. <laughs> no. Yeah. Great look on his face again. Great look. Yeah, but he looks totally out of his depth now, doesn't yeah. he? He, he, he? But I, I think you're absolutely right. I do think that Nick comes over as a bit of a pompous prick. Prick, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, this is when I really start to worry for the Vic. He's up yeah. there in Bristol now. Oh, God only knows. Wearing his stab-proof vest. Yeah. Well, Paul Shahidi, I think, plays this scene beautifully as it's uh, down on him while Nick talks about the vicar in stab vests and that he may be biting off a little bit more than he can chew, like you just said. I think you just worry for him now. Uh, Kerry, accompanied by Pork Chop, is walking the streets with a bell like a town crier, collecting for harvest. 
don't draw your curtains. I know that you're in there, Carol. <laughs> now that looked and sounded to me like a bit of an ad lib. Could just, well be just the just the way that she sort of like blurted the Carol bit. Out. I thought ah, it's a li- that that maybe just like a little bit that she added. I again mm. might be wrong, but. Kerry is going door to door, getting any kind of support for Harvest, whether it's knocking on a front door or accosting people coming home from shopping and taking all their tins from their carrier bags. We then see Kerry with her Lord of the um, Harvest hat covered in flowers. She says that Lord of the Harvest should be out amongst their people. She says she's like Princess Diana and Meghan Markle kissing babies on the head, (laughs) shaking people's hands, cutting ribbons, on businesses, uh, which one are we on that one? Because I am the people, but I'm also higher than them because I have the hat. And what a hat it is! And a great hat. And also on that bit, did you notice that Daisy had an awful like burn or mark on her arm? No, you can just well. Unfortunately, whoever's listening, but where we are, we've got a picture of Daisy as Kerry stood there with a Swindon shirt on, and you could just see it on the edge of her arm. But when I was watching it, I thought, "Oh, that looks nasty." <laughs> need a bit, of, need a bit of cream on that. Love. Oh, uh, right. So Curtin is then kicking a concrete bin. I, th- I don't know whether it's like a grit. Where's well, a grit or... bin, isn't it? Grip yeah, they're, all, they're all around the Cotswolds there. Okay. Uh, vicar is worried about Curtin, so checks his Facebook. And there are a couple of posts that the Vicar has, uh, thinks is about him, including this one. And then uh, there's this one. Don't get all depressed over a Vicar from your past. That's like being sad because the garbage man picked up the trash, which I'm pretty sure is also about me. <laughs> So he's getting a little bit paranoid now that um, I think that he's losing. Mm. He's losing Curtin, I think, isn't it? Yeah, he's made an enemy. Yeah, and nobody wants Curtin as an enemy, do they? No. (laughs) No, no. Not with that jabby middle finger. (laughs) Exactly. So the vicar goes to Curtin's house with a gift, a peace offering of sorts, a housewarming gift of a waffle maker. Curtin is off with the vicar, and uh, literally closes the door in his face, even after the vicar offers to help him with the flat application. Mm. The vicar is trying to mend the broken relationship, but Kurt is having none of it. Kurt opens up about the vicar leaving. He's like Andy from Toy Story. He should have just sat all his toys down from the start and said, look, guys, at some point I will grow out of all you lot. And that's the way it's going to be. Because when I'm in my 20s, I'm not going to want to be sat in my room playing with Woody and Buzz. I want to go out clubbing, doing cat shacking birds. That's the life. <laughs> and he says, when I'm in my 20s. Yeah, but I think he's talking like you're Andy. Yeah. Isn't uh, he? Yeah. He's talking like he's Andy. Yeah, I hope so. Because <laughs> well, that would throw a lot of our theories from before out the window, wouldn't it? Yeah. So the vicar is trying to get all his stuff sorted before he leaves. He gets a visit from June, is worried about his hollyhocks. She goes on about the clearing of the Japanese knotweed on the vicarage or leaving it for the, leaving it for the new vicar because uh, it's going to riddle the brickwork. Uh, so you're not in Bristol yet. Jesus Christ, woman. I mean, is I think if there's... The worst person in this country, I think it's June. 
Yeah, yeah, she seems very needy, doesn't she, with her parsnip pubes? Yeah, I think she's just one of those women that is is always going to be sticking her nose in and just is never going to be happy about anything. And she's probably off with the friendship that the vicar's got with the two reprobates from the village. Yeah. She probably can't bear Kerry and Curtin. Yeah. And that's another reason why that's going to rile her up. Yeah. Right, I'll tell you another thing. Can you not put your hand over your mouth when you're talking? Oh, did I? Sorry. <laughs> I think that might be one of the reasons. You're going, yeah, well, I think it's like... You know, and it's... That's totally... Uh... Professional broadcaster you are, Neil, for fuck's sake. Itch, itching my whiskers. I need to trim my whiskers. Anyway, right. So you can see... I'm going to leave that bit in as well. <laughs> you can see Fari Francis just starting to bubble over. It's just starting to... He's losing his rag a little bit. Uh, So back at the village hall, Kerry is checking all the donations. Kerry thinks her legend as Lord of the Harvest has already been written. The vicar questions Kerry why there is so many electricals, and Kerry says that she has been going door to door. The vicar is not impressed. He notices Curtin's waffle maker. Kerry says that Curtin donated it. This hurts the vicar. He finds out from Kerry that Curtin isn't going to bother with the flat either, as there's no point. Yeah, it's quite a, that's quite a kick in the teeth for the vicar, isn't it? Well, he's crest he's crestfallen now, isn't he? Well, he is. It's really hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this is the moving bit, isn't it? This is where it's all heartbreak now. Yeah, and I've got a feeling that I've left a, a clip out here. That's the one I just done, isn't it? You got Andy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Um, the vicar is crestfallen and starts to lose it big time. And uh, that's when he tells June to uh, that he's getting really bored and tells everybody to stop being so bloody churlish. And uh, the and Kerry just says, what the fuck? He's, she's not seen him lose it like that mm. before. And uh, yeah, I've, I've missed that clip for some reason. But even though she says, what the fuck, it would have been a prime, prime thing to uh, to say a classic, what the actual fuck. Indeed. Yeah. And, and, and then the thing there. we could have almost had it that, oh my God, look, they're giving us a shout out on the last episode. Yeah. It's a saying that it's become synonymous with Kerry to me. She says it so often in the earlier series, it was a prime... You know, you're building up for a massive what the actual fuck, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kerry says that he's never seen the vicar lose it like that. She thought that he was that he was going to spark June out. Kerry thinks the vicar was going to bottle going to Bristol, which is good, she says. So the vicar sits alone outside his church, deep in thought. He sounds desperately sad. He says maybe it was a big mistake leaving the village as things are falling apart there. Mm. Kerry and Curtin sat in the bus stop where it all started back at the start of episode one, series one. Yeah. And Kerry says he was, it was funny seeing someone's head look so sad. Curtin looks happy and it sounds happy, but it seems like they're both trying to convince themselves that it was funny rather than seeing someone they love be so sad. Yeah. So Curtin's in his room, says things about the vicar as he believes in everyone else but he doesn't believe in himself as soon as he gets self-doubt in his head it eats away at him so i know that if we lay one more guilt trip on him he'll crumble like a jenga in a hurricane a little bit of a misdirection here because it makes you 
think that they're going to go and like lay the final, yeah, the final blow as such. Pull out um, the final block of Jenga. Indeed, Kerry and Curtin walk down the street, and Kerry asks Curtin, "says Are you sure you want to do this?" And Curtin says, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it." So it, we really think that this is it. And uh, one thing we've learned from the vicar is that things you want necessarily isn't the right thing. Things you want to do isn't necessarily the right thing to do. So maybe has Curtin learned something after all this? You know, we it's he's obviously been hurt. Um, and we know when he gets hurt how vindictive he can be. Mm. You know, he, he got carry the sack from the tip um, for Bedgate and all of these different things. So we know how much that Curtin can really be a vindictive little prick. Yeah, he can. He's got a nasty streak in him. Yeah. So Kerry and Curtin go and see the vicar, and the Curtin tells him that he has to go. They hug, and all is right with the world. It gets all emotional and is beautifully done. It is. You've really got to pluck them hairs from the top of your nose because that's going to really wind everyone yes. up. I know. <laughs> and then obviously, that, I mean, that's one little bit that just brings it down a yeah. little bit from the emotion with a little. Uh, and to be fair, they're probably real emotions running high there. I wonder if they were yeah. this scene near, near the, the end of the whole production and it's like a proper farewell anyway. I, I suppose it depended on when they had Paul, wouldn't it? Paul Shahidi. Yeah. Um, and then they all have a big hug, and Curtin asks, are you wearing Jean-Paul Gaultier, Vicar? Yes, he replies, smells really nice. Curtin says that although they will miss him, they have to let him go, like he's a trapped animal or a bird with a broken wing that they have nursed back to health. And Kerry equates it to Sam Parkin leaving Swindon Town for Ipswich. (laughs) They had to let him go due to his wonderful service after all those years. And then he failed at Ipswich at his career, nosedived after that, and he was out of his depth. I think he ended up in Scotland. He did, didn't he? Sam Parkin, yeah. He was a good striker for Swindon. I'll tell you, the last time I ever went to go and see Swindon play, apart from pre-season uh, on Roberto Firmino's first ever season, pre-season Liverpool played Swindon at the county yeah. ground. I went and saw that, and that was when I realised how small Brendan Rodgers was. <laughs> He's like five foot three or something Is like he? that. I yeah, didn't realise he was that small. It's crazy. Okay. He looks like he's really far away. Right. That's what it looks like. And then you put him up against like... Well, he was gonna, well, no, not clock. But... No, just like a like say Dejan Lovren, who's yeah. six foot plus. It was ridiculous, absolutely. But then the last time I played, I went to see Swindon was a few years back when I took my daughter for her birthday because I got them to read out her name like a uh, and uh, what would you call it a Tannoy Yeah, the Tannoy announcement at half time, and Swindon Aww. won two one against whoever they play, and Sam Parkin scored both. There you go. Yeah, he had a fl- he had a great career at Swindon. He did have a good career at Swindon, and then you know it all went tits up. It all went tits <laughs> up. So the church bells chime. The vicar is packing his car. He says it will be the people of the village that he'll miss. And as he packs, Mandy walks past. She wishes him luck, but tells him it hasn't really worked out for him in the village. He says he's enjoying his time, but gets cuts off. Gets cut off with an abrupt "see ya" as Mandy walks off. Kerry and Curtin wave the vicar off one last time. And where's Polly? Polly? Yeah, his wife. Oh, right. Well, she, I'm, she, I'm sure she would have ordered it. They've got more than one car, haven't they? Well, they've got the golf, haven't they? Exactly. You know, a very wise man once said, wherever I roam, this place will always be my home. 
Yeah. Who said that? John McCrick. <laughs> now, she goes on with a story about how John McCrick had a room at the Premier Inn next to Cheltenham Racecourse that was always his room whenever he wanted it. I checked online, and the nearest Premier Inn to Cheltenham Racecourse is about two miles away. So it's not right next to Cheltenham Racecourse, just that I'd... Uh... Do you think that's a true story, then, that he has got a permanent... No. Or he had a permanent room? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, if you talk... I mean, I mean, I don't like to talk ill of the dead, but, I mean, that guy was a prick, wasn't he? Apparently so. He wasn't a very nice... He always nice... came across as a prick, Yeah, he? he wasn't a very nice person, to be honest. Didn't seem like it. Apparently he smelled it as well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's not coming from me. No, that's coming from somebody that told me that he smelt when they met him. I mean, yeah, I mean, he probably does now. Well, yeah, (laughs) but this—I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but well, you just did. You just said that he stank. It's a fact. You know, somebody who met him said he stank. You said he stank of horse shit. No, I didn't say nothing of the sort. I think you did. (laughs) Anyway, the person that told me, I said, "What do you stink of?" And they just said, "I'll leave it at that. He stinks." All right. Rest in peace, John McCrerick. Yeah. Prick. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so then we come to the final scene of the final episode of the final series of this country. Kerry and Curtin are at the top of the field, overlooking their village. Kerry sees her house. Curtin points out where his new flat will be, and then points out Rob Robinson's farm. Kerry doesn't know who Rob Robinson is, which is a callback to all that time ago. Who's that? Rob Robinson. Who's Rob Robinson? Are you joking? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfect little round robin, isn't it? It's It's a great callback. It really is. It's It's a great callback. Yeah, how have you forgotten him twice? Exactly. Well, we get the bombshell that Kerry has never watched the documentary that she's in. And to be fair, I I don't think I would. No, I'm not sure I would either. I was thinking about that when I watched it and Kerry said that line. Yeah. If they made a documentary where I'm involved, would I watch it? I may watch one episode. I don't think I would be completely oblivious to it all. No, but I think, I mean, if you're a bit of a narcissist, like someone like David Brent, you would. You'd lord yourself. You'd love it. But I don't think I could. I've already lived it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, she says it's not my thing. And then we come to the very final line. How have you forgotten him twice? <laughs> Which is a great line. Great, a great line, line to finish. And that's it. What that a great series, it. yeah. That is it until 10 years' time when well, they decide... Or until the money runs out. <laughs> or until the, the money runs yeah. out, indeed. Um, right, so we had a few people that uh, sent us their favourite moments. Um, on Facebook, Stuart Saunders said so many brilliant moments. It's a Heinz, Kerry Lord of the Harvest being like Meghan Markle, Curtin getting excited about choosing kitchen colours for the new flat, and Big Mandy's heart-wrenching goodbye to the vicar. Well, you never really got on round here. The show definitely ended on a high. Love it. Couldn't agree more. It was, yeah. it was, it's a great episode. It, it ends and it sort of where you'd expect it to end, don't you, really? Indeed. Uh, at right one Samantha on Twitter said, when Kerry gives in the pasta twirls and her resignation regarding re-harvest, I'd like to CC you into this as well, June. Brilliantly funny. The Lord of the Harvest hat is impressive and creative too. 
And uh, at TMCD underscore 2020 said it was funny when Mandy was saying bye to the vicar. She didn't even give him a hug or anything. She just walked off. Yeah. (laughs) And and again, I think it was nice to see Mandy in the last episode. Yeah, it was nice. Maybe it would have been nice to see Martin. Len. Len, you know, just a little bit of everybody. But, you know, there you go. Uh, Have it always. No, and at Stoker Jane uh, just put, oh, when the Hines come on June. (laughs) Is that a demand? Uh, I don't know, you filthy beggar. Uh, I couldn't resist. Well, it, there's some really funny moments in there. Does it rank as um, one of the great episodes for you? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it ranks as one of the the the, the best episodes for me. Um, I think it's already got emotion in it because of the fact that it is yeah. the last episode. I would say it's Paul's greatest hour. The the performance in Paul is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is really, he's really, yeah, up against it. I feel in that one, and you can genuinely see the the hurt. Do I want to say hurt or the upset? Let's say the upset. You can genuinely see the upset on his face, which yeah. is heartbreaking. Yeah, um, yeah. But apart from that, that's it, mate. That that's it for that. That mate. is it. Well, there is a little extra if you're watching this on the iPlayer. There's some additional scenes you can watch. Yes, I did watch all of them for the first time today. And, and um, it was interesting because it was interesting when they were talking about... Have you seen it, have you? Uh, not for a while. I haven't watched uh, it recently, but I have but seen them. Where they're talking about the you know, the Mucklow line carrying on. And uh, like Curtin is saying, well, you know, it's, only, it's, it's up to me, really. And like the pressure it puts on me because, you know no need there's no point in like looking at you is there you know and so again puts that whole thing about how kerry and sex is not a thing that anybody thinks about no which i thought was interesting and when they were talking about the vicar is like that they were his only friends yeah um you know that they look up that the vicar looks up to them rather than the other way around i thought was quite interesting It's it's a conversation i'm gonna have with the patreon peepers later on Oh, I say, and we'll ask their opinion. Yeah, but there you go. It's it, like I say. It's um, we apologise. It's been taking us so long to 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 get these recaps done, but we've got well, it done now. Do we apologise or do we just say you've had some great guests while we were indeed not recording these? You indeed, had some fantastic guests to listen to. You know, and we will we will get on, and we will also do commentary episodes so you can uh, listen and uh, watch along as well, which will be fun to do. Uh, so that's it. That's yeah. it for the recaps. And Neil, would you like to do some? Uh, uh housekeeping of course i would you can find us on all the social media sites under wtaftc pod please come and give us a like and a click uh if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask us or anything you'd like to talk about please email it over to wtafthiscountry at hotmail.com and then finally we have a website that has everything on there that you should need including tickets to our live show which, uh, as it stands, may or may not happen in May, and that is under WTAFpodcast.com. Thank you, Neil. And also, uh, come and be a Patreon peeper and uh, help support the podcast for as little as one pound a month. 
We have loads of different uh, rewards, including our weekly Zoom show, This Country This Week, which is lots of fun. Uh, we all get to get together and just have a chat. So just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Come and be a subscriber. Mm. Uh, that's it then. So next week, we will be starting our This Country Top Trumps. And um, we are going to start with the wonderful uh, Michael Slugs Slugette. Um, and it's Ross from the Dump Gang Facebook group that will be joining us as well. Uh, so we are going to look forward to that. It'll be the very first one of that new series of Top Trumps. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It a will be Laura Laura laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's it for the uh, recaps. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, everybody. And go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.